so I shouldn't talk about my penis. Hello, welcome to Brainworms, the podcast that was inside you all along. That was creepy. Let's move on. I'm Joe. I'm David. And I'm Chris. Today we're going to be discussing something that I've gotten a couple of uh, listener requests for, so if this episode is bad, it's their fault, not ours. Um, As a matter of fact, <clears throat> if it's bad, it's never our fault. That's a good point. If anything, it's, it's society's fault for making us this way. I accept no responsibility for any of my actions. <laughs> um, but no, we're going to be discussing The Eye of Argon by Jim Thice who was a sci-fi fan in the 70s who wrote this uh, this kind of short novel. Um, got it published in, a, in the in OzFan, the Journal of the Ozark Science Fiction Society. Um, and it was kind of discovered and passed around and basically became a, a meme among like sci-fi fantasy sort of nerd culture, um, evolving to the point where it's almost like nerd Rocky Horror. Um, there's kind of a game where people will read pages at a time and try not to to laugh or melt down. We're so it's basically we are. Um, so it's basically the this podcast's kind of ancestor in a lot of ways. Um, so it I was, was in a weird place in the seventies. You're not wrong. Um, well, wasn't. It, yeah, also <laughs> true. Um. It's been called the worst fantasy novel ever and the apotheosis of bad writing. So that should be fun for everyone. Um, but before we dig into it, um, you know, if you don't know by now, we have Patreon. It supports the show. Um, we are supported by, by listeners like you or like public radio or television, um, except we won't send you a tote bag. Yet yet um you know i'd be open to doing merchandise if, if things progress to that point um we're on all your favorite social medias you know facebook instagram twitter thinking so, about merchandise i've always wanted to be a little doll oh my god i'd love to have little action figures of us <laughs> oh that would be fantastic give us oh my money god so that we can be little dolls or barring that just give us little dolls give of us, us. Little dolls. Yeah, yeah i'm sure that we have we you know creative crafty listeners um who would love to make little dolls of us um please get in touch that would be amazing and make me happier than i've ever been um we're just saying something I mean, you know, my peaks and valleys are pretty much a plane in terms of my <laughs> my emotional construct. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into this book. Here we go. The Eye of Argon by Jim Thies. The weather-beaten trail wound ahead into the dust-racked climbs of the barren land which dominates large portions of the Norgolian Empire. Age-worn hoofprints smothered by the sifting sands of time shone dully against the dust-splattered crust of earth. This fellow likes adjectives. The tireless sun cast its parching rays of incandescence from overhead, halfway through its daily revolution. 
Small rodents scampered about, occupying themselves in the daily accomplishments of their dismal lives. Dust sprayed over three heaving mounts in blinding clouds, while they bore the burdensome cargoes of their struggling overseers. Prepare to embrace your creators in the Stygian haunts of hell, barbarian, gasped the first soldier. Only after you have kissed the fleeting steed of death, wretch. This is a weird romance scene. (laughs) Returned Grigner. A sweeping blade of flashing steel riveted from the massive barbarian's hide-enameled shield. Hide-enameled I was just thinking that, too. Like, what? What? Yeah, those words don't go together. Yeah, no, I... A sweeping blade of flashing steel riveted from the massive barbarian's hide-enameled shield as his rippling right arm thrust forth, sending a steel-shod blade to the hilt into the soldier's vital organs. Stop using adjectives. Stop it. (laughs) You've you've gotten your allotment of adjectives, JPs. You don't get any more. Oh, wow. We're uh, real early into this, (laughs) y'all. The disemboweled mercenary crumpled from his saddle and sank to the clouded sward, sprinkling the parched dust with crimson droplets of escaping life fluid. Semen? Um, pick your favorite life fluid. It's escaping. (laughs) Mine's bile. Nice. The enthused barbarian swilveled about. Swilveled. Swilveled. So you all at home know. Swiveled? Swilveled. No. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming swiveled was what he was going for. But uh, I mean, this is like a Swords and Wizards fantasy novel. Maybe Swilvel is is a magical being. <laughs> yes, it's the enthused barbarian Swilveld. <laughs> The enthused barbarian swiveled about, his shock of fiery red hair tossing robustly in the humid air currents as he faced the attack of the defeated soldier's fellow-in-arms. Wait, choice wait. to make your mighty barbarian a, a ginger. Go ahead. Uh, wait, I I thought they were in, like, a dusty wasteland. How could, How is the air humid? You don't want to ask these questions. That's a road <laughs> leads to madness. <laughs> Damn you, barbarian! shrieked the soldier as he observed his comrade in death. A gleaming scimitar smote a heavy blow against the renegade's spiked helmet, bringing a heavy cloud over the accordion's misting brain. Shaking off the effects of the pounding blow to his head, Rigner brought down his scarlet-streaked edge against the soldier's crudely forged hauberk, clanging harmlessly to the left side of his opponent. The soldier's steed whinnied as he... Steed is now twice misspelled as S-T-A-D, by the way. Um, it's a very easy word to spell. It is. The soldier's steed whinnied as he directed the horse back from the driving blade of the barbarian. Brigner leashed his mount forward as the hoarsely piercing battle cry of his wilderness-bred race resounded from his grinding lungs. A twirling blade bounced harmlessly from the mighty thief's buckler as his rolling right arm cleft upward, sending a foot of blinding steel ripping through the Sumerian's exposed gullet. A gasping... 
<laughs> um, future writers of America who are obviously listening to this podcast for tips on how to be better writers. If you're writing action, don't don't over describe things because the reader just gets lost in your mountain of words and and you lose the the thrust of the exciting battle that you're trying to describe. Yeah, I I I feel like um there has to be some kind of measure of practicality in your combat scene when you're writing yeah, it. Like less is, is more in in fight scenes. I I don't know guys, I don't see what's so confusing about a twirling blade bounced harmlessly from the mighty thief's buckler as his rolling right arm cleft upward, sending a foot of blinding steel ripping through the Sumerian's exposed gullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, by the end of that sentence, I forget what's happening. Like, I, I think I know what the writer was going for, and it's thusly. The one guy made a strike out of unsheathing a weapon. There. Mm. I said yeah. it. <laughs> you... <sighs> so many words for a very simple action. A gasping gurgle from the soldier's writhing mouth as he tumbled to the golden sand at his feet and wormed agonizingly in his deathbed. That's a bad adjective. <laughs> that's, a, that's not... I'm sorry, adverb. That's that's not what you want for that. <laughs> I'm just picturing him like on the ground, like yeah. Like, you can't see it because this isn't this isn't a visual art, art form. But I did a little wiggle dance. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing break dancing. Oh, doing the worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Like, you remember how I use writhe for like. The, the guy's mouth like maybe you could have saved that for like <laughs> writhing on the ground yeah. it's like he's heard these words before and gotten just from context clues his own idea of what they mean and he's not totally wrong it's just uh... yeah one thing's for certain he never met an adjective he didn't like <laughs> <laughs> Grigner's emerald green orbs glared lustfully at the wallowing soldier struggling before his chestnut swirled mount. Oh my! I I, I uh, not 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 a single word of that was absorbed. Um, I I he's glaring lustfully at a dead guy, which like I get what he's trying to <laughs> well, say. I'm not They're... sure if he is or his emerald green orbs. Like, does I'm now picturing a barbarian holding a sword with like floating green gems around his head. Oh yeah. Just for my own entertainment, those green orbs are orbiting his head like at, at near light speed. They're just just <laughs> whirring. Especially good if he is, in fact, describing his eyes. <laughs> Gross. All right. His scowling voice reverberated over the dying form in a tone of mocking mirth. Well, you city wait. Brit. <laughs> I can't get two sentences into this. Oh, scowling? <laughs> that, no, that's like, no, like scowls an expression. Yeah, right? I, I think he means like snarling or growling. He's not succeeding. Yeah, we should try to get <laughs> uh, at least a whole page in before we... Okay, 
Okay. I mean, it's it's fair though. This I mean, it's just not going to get any better. Like <laughs> Grigner's emerald green orbs glared lustfully at the wallowing soldier struggling before his chestnut swirled mount. His scowling voice reverberated over the dying form in a tone of mocking mirth. You city-bred dog should learn not to antagonize your better. Raining his... Uh, uh, you would think. Raining <laughs> his weary mount ahead, Rigner resumed his journey to the Norgolian city of Gorzam, hoping to discover wine, women, and adventure to boil the wild blood coursing through his savage veins. Real quick, um, and David, you might know this off the top of your head. Uh, what year was Dungeons & Dragons initially published? I think it was 73. Okay, so this, this fellow was three years early. If he had just had Dungeons & Dragons, he wouldn't have had to write this book. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I love Dungeons & Dragons, but I am going to go on record right now and say that if this book had not been written... There probably wouldn't have been oh, a Dungeons shit. and Dragons. You know, and I just want to point out if you uh, like, David, you you saying that you love Dungeons and Dragons made me think this. If you don't love Dungeons and Dragons, go away. Just <laughs> just go away. <laughs> no, you can stay. Just stay here and know that you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> just live with that knowledge. The trek but to do, but do listen up. to the show. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. That's important. Don't leave, but but know that we disagree with your opinion. The trek to Gorzom was forced upon Grigner when the soldiers of Kryn were unleashed upon him by a faithless concubine he had wooed. His scandalous activities throughout the Sumerian city had unleashed throngs of havoc and uproar among its refined patricians, leading them to tack a heavy reward over his head. He had barely managed to escape through the back entrance of the inn he had been guzzling in as a squad of soldiers tounced upon him. I choose to believe that he's guzzling another man's semen and he is in fact gay. That's just well, my personal headcanon that I'm going with. I mean, um, I feel like the, this book's going to get pretty wenchy, but you know, you know. Who, hey, you know, maybe he just hasn't accepted that part of himself yet. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even gotten into through the first chapter, we may not even be past the first page, and already we've had lustfully glaring and escaping life fluid and guzzling. So, I think lurid is is what, uh, yeah, lurid. That's what we're going through here. After spilling a spout of blood from the leader of the mercenaries as he dismembered one of the officer's arms, he retreated to his mount to make his way towards Gorzam, rumored to contain hordes of plunder and many young wenches for any man who has the backbone to wrest them away. See, that's exactly the way someone would talk if they were, you know, not accepting of their homosexuality or trying that's to cover fair. it up. Um, side note. He said he dismembered his arm. I may be misunderstanding the usage of that word. Yeah, I I noted that myself. Like, yeah, I, like, I, it, like I guess if you keep he had cut off his hand, then that would be dismembering his arm. Yeah, or like a finger, or sure. maybe this 
I mean, we don't know. This is fantasy, right? One of the guys has eyes floating around in circles around his head, and mm-hmm. maybe there are people with arms on their arms. I like your style. Carry on. Arriving after dusk in Gorzom, Grignir descended down a dismal alley, reining his horse before a beaten tavern. The red-haired giant strode into the dimly lit hostelry, reeking of foul odors and cheap wine. Is that the hostelry or Grignir? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Valid answer. <laughs> the air was heavy with chalking fumes spewing from smoldering torches encased within Theden's earthen-packed walls. Oh, the den's earthen-packed walls. Tables. Wouldn't you just call it like Adobe? Is that what that is? I mean, if you knew the word, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are other ways of Earth Pack, but um, tables were clustered with groups of drunken thieves and cutthroats tossing dice or making love to willing prostitutes. Just at just you know in the open as you do. That's that kind of place, man. It's, It's that kind of. I've been to that bar. I, I've not been to that bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I like the way that you said that. Is that you were disappointed in yourself? <laughs> I, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> Eyeing a slender female crouched alone at a nearby female. bench. That's female. yeah. This is. I'm sorry. Just any time I hear someone refer to a woman as a female, I just hear the Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> my like email. everything within me just shuddered at the the opening of that paragraph oh yeah it was, it was gross Brignir advanced wishing to wholesomely occupy his time uh, uh, what well, uh, no, there is nothing wholesome about this bar is he looking for a, a nice quiet cozy room to read the bible in what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> It's the Book of Eli. We're wrong the whole time. <laughs> oh, no. It is. <laughs> Eyeing a slender female crouched alone at a nearby bench. Female. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a good word for li- like for a lady? That Literally is... anyone. Well, not anyone, but most of them. Other than female. Lass? Sure, yeah, that would fit the setting. That would be fine. Uh, Woman, girl. Yeah, yeah. Or just lady. Or just lady. I mean, we're going with female. Female and wench seem to be the only way that this writer knows how to uh, to identify women. I can't stop thinking about the Ferengi now. I can't stop thinking about the Ferengi most of the time, if I'm being honest. Rule 47. (laughs) Someone out there is going to know what that is and call me on it. (laughs) Brigner advanced, wishing to wholesomely occupy his time. The flickering torches cast weird shafts of luminescence dancing over the half-naked harlot of his choice. Oh, Oh, new word. Her stringy orchid twines of hair swaying gracefully over the lithe, opaque nose. What the fuck? <laughs> a lithe nose? O- 
Has this person ever seen a human being? What the fuck are those As she raised a half-drained mug to her pale red lips. Oh my god, that's... Like, taken on face value, this is a horrific scene. (laughs) Joe, I want to call you on something um, that you said... you, You compared this to the Rocky Horror Picture. That's a good... That's a good time. Like that, that's yeah. That's like it has good music in it. It's great yeah, singing. I guess, I guess the room would have been a better comparison uh, in retrospect. I, I it's it, wow. I, I, how did I not know this existed? <sighs> Glancing upward, the alluring complexion noted the stalwart giant as he rapidly approached. Complexion is not a noun. A f- well. It, I, it is. It is, but it's it's a complexion doesn't normally notice anything. No. I hope not. Yeah, Again, but, I'm terrified of these characters. Yeah, this is a this is a place nominations. <laughs> we're and, maybe we're at my maybe this is most Eisley. Maybe we've just got this all wrong. Maybe, yeah. A faint glimmer sparked from the pair of deep blue ovals of the amorous female as she motioned toward Greg. Female. <laughs> I'll, stop, I'll stop doing it. I'll stop doing it. <laughs> you don't have to anymore. <laughs> like the effect is there, you know. <laughs> as she motioned toward Grigner, enticing him to join her. The barbarian seated himself upon a stool at the winch's side, exposing his body, naked save for a loincloth brandishing a long steel broadsword. An iron His body was already exposed. What did he do differently (laughs) when he sat on the stool that exposed it more? I think we know. I... Like, I think he did, like, a man spread. Uh, He sat down and, like... Displaying the... The the meat for the... For the viewing pleasure. That's right. Naked, save for a loincloth brandishing a long steel broadsword, an iron spiraled battle helmet, and a thick leather sandals to her unobstructed view. A sandals? One singular sandals? A thick leather sandals. That's right. Thou hast need to occupy your time, barbarian? Questioned the female. There's a question mark there, so. Um, I believe a more in character question would be, got any money? <laughs> why Why is we suddenly talking in ye olde fashion words when we weren't doing that before? Only if something worth offering is within my reach, stated Grigner as his hands crept to embrace the tempting female, uh-huh. who welcomed them with open willingness. This is gross. No money has exchanged hands yet. I think he's just hes just an appetizing chunk of man-meat, and, and she wants a bite. From where do you come, barbarian, and by what are you called? The penis. <laughs> <laughs> gasped the complying wench as Grigner smothered her lips with the blazing touch of his flaming mouth. Whoa, those are words. Blazing touch of his... Like, like all you had to say was blazing. And then you can forget 
Or that, just that, say redundant. she kissed him lustfully. It's fine. Also, no, that would imply that she has control of the situation, and that's oh, not what's yeah. happening here. The engrossed titan ignored the queries of the inquisitive female, pulling her towards him and crushing her sagging nipples to his yearning chest. Excuse me? <laughs> wait, wait, Is that wait. supposed to be good? Like, uh, okay, okay, now, okay, suddenly... Um, the entire picture has changed because now, in my mind's eye, this is like an old lady. Well, I mean, at least if her nip if her nipples are sagging, then she's breastfed. So she's at least had a child. She may not be an old woman, but she's at least a mother. So we know that somewhere she's got a kid back home. You know, that's <clears throat> um. The seventies didn't, at least the very early seventies, didn't have quite the ready action access i'm sorry to pornography that we do today i'm almost wondering if this writer has never seen a breast <laughs> i picked the wrong time to take a drink <laughs> is your computer okay <laughs> <laughs> i like how concerned you sounded <laughs> you just got it <laughs> well without struggle she gave in so that's good that's good Without struggle, she gave in, winding her soft arms around the harshly bronzed hide of Grigner, corded shoulder blades, as his calloused hands caressed her firm, protruding busts. Oh, Jesus. I thought she... they were hugging. Wait, wait, wait. I hate this. She, she has multiple busts, y'all. I know she has back breasts. Oh, man, yeah. I was about to say, there's a set on the back. <laughs> We thought Total Recall, like, took us to a new dimension. Mm. You make love well, wench, admitted Grigner as he reached for the vessel of potent wine his charge had been quaffing. Does Jim Thais think hugging is making love? <laughs> he touched her busts, Joe, okay? <laughs> they went all the way. Also, not not one, but but all of the busts. All of the busts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad that like, this I'm book really, decided to go in this direction immediately. I'm really not sure. This is a very horny book. Um, <laughs> if that was meant to be like a fade to black, no, or no, um, it immediately follows. A flying foot caught the mug Grigner had taken hold of, sending its blood-red contents sloshing over a flickering crescent, leashing tongues of bright orange flame to the foot-trodden floor. I... Remove yourself, Sirrah. The winch belongs to me, blabbered a drunken soldier, too far consumed by the influences of his virile brew to take uh, note of the superior size of his adversary. Oh okay, God. so so the bartender is just jerking off into the beer to, like, to serve. That's what this place is. <sighs> Grigner lithely bounded from the startled female. His face... Female. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said if I would stop doing it. I, it was, it was okay. involuntary. Every time I see it now gonna happen it's gonna make reading biological texts really difficult um, <laughs> Rigner lively bounded from the startled female his face lit up to an ashen red ferocity and eyes locked in a searing feral blaze toward the swaying soldier 
Yeah, because that's what that's how I would describe my hulking titan of barbarian. You know, swift and live. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they do often, even in like good fantasy. Yeah, Conan mm. was was very nimble a lot of the time, and yeah. the Robert E. Howard stuff. Yeah, I I don't think he was like a <clears throat> titan though. Like it, it, he was brawny, yes, but like I I whatever. <laughs> Honestly, though, I just I I just want to know is Grigner. On the on the scale, how does Grigner shake up against Jake Rivers? Oh, oh shit! Who's bigger? Who's a big? Oh my god! Wait, um, no, no. Okay, follow me on this. All right, follow me. We're going in deep. Okay, so. Oh my god. So after this scene, Grigner beats this drunken soldier. And the harlot asks his name, and he says, "Call me Horse." <laughs> oh. as, as Jake Rivers ventures into the wastelands, <sighs> headcanon established. <laughs> because, like, I think we kind of had that thought when we were reading Trigger Warning that it was some sort of post-apocalyptic society. Yeah, we right. Did. So, yeah, until somebody tells me different, same universe. To hell with you, braggart, bellowed the angered accordion. That's never going to get easier to say. Apparently the the tribal name or whatever, the the name of Brigner's people is Ecordian. Like E-C-O-R-D-I-A-N. I I thought this guy just didn't know what accordions were. Yeah, like I thought that like because the sound came out of his mouth. Like he was trying to draw some parallel with angered accordion because like the noises burst out of him. I don't know. Ah, It just kept every time I said it, every time I see it, I just was picturing like an actual musical instrument wielding a broadsword with green orbs floating around its head. Yeah. Real weird. Anyway, The staggering soldier clumsily reached toward the pommel of his dangling sword, but before his hands ever touched the oaken hilt, a silvered flash was slicing the heavy air. Oh my god. The fuse of the savage's lashing right arm bulged from the glistening bronzed hide as his blade bit deeply into the soldier's neck, loping off the confused head of his senseless tormentor. With a nauseating thud, the severed oval toppled to the floor as the segregated torso of Grigner's bovine antagonist swayed, what? then collapsed Is in he a fighting a minotaur? <laughs> in the confusion, the soldier's fellows confronted Grigner with unsheathed cutlasses directed toward the latter's scowling makeup. What? Like his genetic makeup? I... I... <sighs> Real quick, did, can fucking my hat's off to you, David, for being able to read this prose without stuttering or stumbling or interrupting <laughs> yourself, because holy shit. Yeah. I, I personally feel like I'm doing an awful job. <laughs> I thank you. Um, list, <laughs> listeners in the comments section, just, just compliment David for being a, a superhero. <laughs> Oh my god, Thanos made a book and someone has to read it. Get David on the line. (laughs) Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Nice. 
The slut should have picked his quarry more carefully, roared the victor in a mocking baritone growl as he wiped his dripping blade on the prostate prostrate. <laughs> that was oh, my that's fault. Very different. That was me. <clears throat> as he wiped his dripping blade on the prostrate form and returned it to its scabbard. The fool should have shown more prudence. However, you shall rue your actions while rotting in the pits, stated one of the sprawled soldier's comrades. Brigner's hand began to remove oh, his blade from its leather housing, but retarded the motion in face of the blades waving before his face. Dismiss your hand from the hilt, barbarian, or you shall find a foot of steel sheathed in your gizzard. No one talks like this. Was he like thirteen when he wrote this? Uh, it feels know. like it. Oh, I can ex- I can to that. Um, Please, if we're curious. Uh, like, cause it, like, what if what if this was like a thirteen-year-old kid's book? And like, that would actually make it pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was published. Let's yeah, let's do some research. Uh, age sixteen when he published oh, this. Okay. 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 Keeping that in perspective, then. All right. Um, that how we can't make fun of it. <laughs> I don't agree. If no. only because like it was published, and I feel like sixteen is like if he was like fourteen, then I'd be like maybe. But I I've known many young writers. Like I I was <clears throat> kind of surrounded by creatives in my high school years. Um. And and no, there should be a higher standard set. I mean, like Sue Grifton wrote The Outsiders at fourteen, sure, or thirteen even. I I'm not sure which, but uh, and then like Christopher Paolini and Aragon. So <clears throat> I feel confident that we can, you know, definitely accept this for what it is. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was having much more fun just pretending that, like, a, a 30-year-old person wrote this. Oh, yeah, I totally sure. thought it was, but, you know. Um, it does explain the, the busts and the sagging nipples, because maybe he hadn't ever yeah, touched Yeah, especially, that. yeah, I mean, especially being around in 1970. Um, he may n- genuinely never have seen a breast at time yeah. of writing. Grigner weighed his position, observing his plight, whereupon he took the soldier's advice as the only logical choice. To attempt to hack his way from the present predicament could only warrant certain death. He was of no mind to bring upon his own demise if an alternate path presented itself. The will to necessitate his life... A unique trait to him! (laughs) The will to necessitate his life forced him to yield to the superior force in hopes of a moment of carelessness later upon the part of his captors in which he could effect a more plausible means of escape. Was that all one sentence? Yes. God fucking damn it. (laughs) You may steady your arms. I will go without a struggle. Your decision is a wise one, yet perhaps you would have been better off had you forced death. The soldier's mouth wrinkled to a sadistic grin of knowing mirth as he prodded his prisoner on with his sword point. After an indiscriminate period of marching through slinking alleyways and dim, moonlighted streets, the procession confronted a massive seraglio. The palace area was surrounded by an iron grating with a lush garden upon all sides. 
He definitely did have a thesaurus near him when he wrote oh, the yeah. <laughs> No 16-year-old knows the word seraglio. Right. <laughs> um, real quick, I don't like, even know what a seraglio is. other writers for being way too specific about, hit my microphone a little bit, about how long things took. There's also no reason to be vague. Like, it took some amount of time. Fuck if I know how long. <laughs> An indiscriminate period of marching. Could have been days. Could have been 30 seconds. Yeah, who knows? We don't really care. It's indiscriminate. Yeah. The group was admitted through the gilded gateway, and Grigner was led along a stone pathway bordered by plush vegetation lustfully enhanced by the moon's shimmering rays. So that had been a while. <laughs> Apparently the moon wants to fuck those plants, as far as I can <laughs> tell. Upon reaching the palace, the group was granted entrance, and after several minutes of explanation, led through several winding corridors to a richly draped chamber. How how long does it take to like what what are you doing here? This guy? He killed Rick. What? Rick died? And that guy killed him? Yeah. Alright, take him to the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, that was not several minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Confronting the group was a short, stocky man seated upon a golden throne. Tapestries of richly draped regal blue silk covered all walls of the chamber, while the steps <laughs> leading to the throne were plated with sparkling white ivory. That sounds slippery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like the uh, like, like. It was magnanimous and beautiful and rich and exotic. <laughs> like, yeah, you could just. <laughs> the, yep. You only need the one. The man upon the throne had a naked wench seated at each of his arms, of course and, he a, did. and a trusted advisor seated in back of him. The advisor. <laughs> The advisor was also naked. I'm also choosing to believe that these wenches are sitting on his arms so he can't, like, move or (laughs) drink or anything. (laughs) At each corner of the chamber, a guard stood at attention, with upraised pikes supported in their hands, golden chainmail adorning their torsos. That's not combat effective. No. And barred helmets emitting scarlet plumes and shrouding their heads. The man rose from his throne to the dais, dais, not dais, uh, the, man, dais. <clears throat> the man rose from his throne to the dais surrounding it. His plush turquoise robe dangled loosely from his chunky frame. The soldiers surrounding Grigner fell to their knees with heads bowed to the stone masonry of the floor in fearful dignity of their sovereign liege. Like so much redundancy. Masonry, like that—that's what masonry is. (laughs) Explain the purpose of this intrusion upon my chateau. Your serenity, resplendent and noble grandeur, we have brought this yokel before you. The soldier gestured toward Grigner. For the redress or your all-knowing wisdom in judgment regarding his fate. But, like, why, though? (sighs) Down on your knees, lout, and pay proper homage to your sovereign, commanded the pudgy noble of Grigner. By the surly beard of Mrifk, Grigner kneels to no man, scowled the massive barbarian. 
You dare to deal this blasphemous act to me? You are indeed brave, stranger, yet your valor smacks of foolishness. I find you to be the only fool sitting upon your pompous throne, enhancing the rolling flabs of your belly in the midst of your elaborate luxury, and the soldier standing at Grigner's side smote him heavily in the face with the flat of his sword, cutting short <laughs> the harsh words and knocking his battered helmet to the masonry with an echoing clang. So hold on, I'm sorry, I'm really hung up on this. This guy, like, he stabbed some cops, punched up a bar, take him before the mayor. <laughs> Just put him in prison if that's what you're gonna do. Why does this other guy have to be involved? I I also like the like smote him with the flat of his blade. I like to pretend that the soldier like wound back like a baseball bat and just whack right <laughs> across the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> the paunchy noble's sagging round face flushed suddenly pale, then pastily lit up to a lustrous cherry red radiance. Is this kind of chameleon? <laughs> <laughs> His lips trembled with malicious rage while emitting a muffled sibilant gibberish. His sagging flabs rolled like a tub of upset jelly, then compressed as he sucked in his gut in an attempt to conceal his softness. No, this guy's Donald Trump. Yeah. The prince regained his statue. The prince regained his statue. Well, I'm glad he got that back. Yeah. He was looking for that, man. <laughs> the prince regained his stature, I'm guessing. <laughs> nope. Then spoke to the soldiers surrounding Grignir, his face conforming to an ugly expression of sadistic humor. Take this uncouth heathen to the vault of misery, and be sure that his agonies are long and drawn out before death can release him. Spank him thoroughly. <laughs> It's funny, it's almost like this could have been avoided if he just knelt down. He's, he's a proud barbarian, he's not going to submit to this prince. As you wish, sire, your command shall be heeded immediately, answered the soldier on the right of Grignir, as he stared into the barbarian's seemingly unaffected face. I mean, aside from being smote by the flat of a sword. Oh, yeah, yeah I was about to say. <laughs> The advisor, seated in the back of the noble, slowly rose and advanced to the side of his master, motioning the winches seated at his sides to remove themselves. He lowered so his he head sit on his arms. <laughs> and whispered to the noble, Eminence, the punishment you have decreed will cause much misery to this scum, yet it will last only a short time, then release him to a land beyond the sufferings of the human body. Why not mellow him in one of the subterranean vaults for a few days, then send him to life labor in one of your buried mines? To one such as he, a life spent in the confinement of the Stygian pits will be an infinitely more appropriate and lasting torture. The noble cupped his drooping double chin in the folds of his briming palm, meditating for a moment upon the rationality of the counselor's words, then raised his shaggy brown eyebrows and turned toward the advisor, eyes aglow. <sighs> As always, Agafnd. 
Agafund. Can you spell that? A F N D. Agafund. That's how names work. <laughs> As always, Agafund, you speak with great wisdom. Your words ring of great knowledge concerning the nature of one such as he, saith the king. The noble turned toward the prisoner with a noticeable shimmer reflecting in his frog-like eyes. Is this guy the king or the prince? I feel like he's been called both. And, yeah, royal, noble, prince, king. Uh, I'm expecting any minute for him to be, like, Grand Poobah. I'm I'm not (laughs) sure. God Emperor, possibly. Oh god, this would be so much better if uh, the god emperor from Dune just came in and started doing things. (laughs) The noble turned toward the prisoner with a noticeable shimmer reflecting in his frog-like eyes and his lips contorting to a greasy grin. I have decided to void my previous decree. And my bowels. (laughs) The prisoner shall be removed to one of the palace's underground vaults. There he shall stay until I have decided that he has sufficiently simmered, whereupon he is to be allowed to spend the remainder of his days at labor in one of my mines. Wouldn't it have been more economical if the the advisor had taken him aside, just whispered to him, and then he gave the decree instead of giving the audience the same information twice? Yes. Okay. Making sure. Upon hearing this, Grigner realized that his fate would be far less merciful than death to one such as he, who is used to roaming the countryside at will. It's almost as if this all could have been avoided if you just, you know, prostrated yourself for a minute. A proud barbarian, that's fine. A life of confinement would be more than his body and mind could stand up to. This type of life would be immeasurably worse than death. I shall never understand the ways of your twisted civilization. I simply defend my honor and am condemned to life confinement by a pig who sits on his royal ass wooing whores and knows nothing of the affairs of the land he imagines to rule? Lectures Grignir? Question mark? Because you were doing so much different right before coming here. Well, he wasn't sitting on his royal ass. Mm. That's the distinction. Enough of this. Away with the slut before I loose my control. Oh, please tell me that you said loose. Yeah, loose my control. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I'm doing my absolute best to read this as it is actually typed. As you should. Um, Seeing the peril of his position, Grigner searched for an opening. Crushing prudence to the sward, he plowed into the soldier at his left arm, taking hold of his sword and bounding to the dais, supporting the prince before the startled guards could regain their composure. I'm picturing him bounding like a deer, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) Agafind leaped Grignir and his sire, but found a sword blade permeating the length of his ribs before he could loose his weapon. Agafind leaped Grignir and his sire, but found a sword blade permeating the length of his ribs before he could loose his weapon, Joe. Okay, alright. I think what he's saying is is that Agafind jumped in between 
Grignir and the Emperor and was about to unsheathe his weapon before finding metal permeating his chest cavity. Either oh. that or he, like, Mario jumped over the both of them and Grignir got him in the upswing. <laughs> <laughs> now I was thinking of the story of Mario and how much better it is. <laughs> Although not the 90s Mario movie. Oh, don't you talk bad about that movie. It's a classic. It's awful. It's awful. It's really, really awful. But somehow they got Dennis Hopper. Yeah, you're not wrong. The counselor slumped to his knees as Grigner slid his crimsoned blade from Agathon's ribcage. The fat prince stood undulating in insurmountable fear before the edge of the fiery-maned comment. Undulating? Undulating in insurmountable fear. As one does. His flabs of jellied blubber pulsating to and fro in ripples of flowing terror. Where is your wisdom and power now, your majesty? Um, I'm sorry. Where is your wisdom and power now, your majesty? Majesty, <laughs> nice. Um, is it, are there two G's or is it G-J? G-J, G-J. The hell you say. Your majesty. Growled Grignir. It's like he wasn't sure which one was right, so he used both. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna assume that's a typo. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm certain that a lot of this is typos. Um, for listeners who may not know, this was apparently just typewritten. Like mm-hmm. it was uh, the original document. Looks like it was just typed out and then mimeographed and so I don't know if published I mean self-published yes and distributed sort of zine style <laughs> um, but there are well, no, so it was in a, many uh, it was published typos. in a fanzine oh nice okay so who knows where these typos came from if it was the original document or the fanzine or what but uh, there are many um, also for our even younger audience there was a point in time when the thing that you were putting like words into like a computer would not correct the the things that you got wrong and tell you what to put otherwise once upon a time once you typed it it was there there was no backspace (laughs) on a typewriter um and and you can find the the scan of this i'll put the link in the description if people want to see eye of argon in its original (laughs) form and trust me you should Mm-hmm. There are illustrations that are top notch. Yeah, I'll send you the oh, link after yes. this. Yeah. Actually, if we have time at the end, I'll send you a link. Wait, no, because we it's bad to do that. Uh, have visual things in the podcast. We got shouted at by listeners for that. So, <clears throat> wait, we did. <sighs> yeah, I remember when we spent um, a chunk of time describing the cover art of Empress Teresa, and people were annoyed about it. Oh, they just that was, that was because they wanted to see it. Oh, <laughs> fair. Okay. And then, then we can make that happen. So maybe we'll we'll get into that if we have time. Hopefully they don't get mad about the fact that we just spent some time talking about the fact that we were talking about the fact that we couldn't show <laughs> yeah, the pictures. Yeah, maybe consider editing that whole conversation out. <laughs> Let's move on. Where is your wisdom and power now, your majesty? growled Grigner. The prince went rigid as Grigner discerned him glazing over his shoulder. He lived to note the cause of the noble's attention. 
raised his sword over his head and prepared to leash a vicious downward cleft, but fell short as the haft of a steel rim steel-rhymed pike clashed against his unguarded skull. Then blackness and solitude, silence enshrouding and ever-peaceful reigned supreme. Why wouldn't you just kill him? Before me, Sirrah, before me as always. Ha! 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 Nobly cack. What? <laughs> I choose not to comment. <laughs> Consciousness returned to Grigner in stigmatic pools as his mind gradually cleared of the cobwebs cluttering its inner recesses. Yet the Stygian cloud of charcoal ebony remained, an incompatible shield of blackness, enhanced by the bleak absence of sound. Grigner's muddled... Incompatible? With, with what, Windows 10? <laughs> <laughs> Grigner's muddled brain reeled from the shock of the blow he had received to the base of his skull. The events leading to his predicament were slow to filter back to him. He dickered with the notion that he was dead and had descended or sunk, however it may be, to the shadowed land beyond the aperture of the grave, but rejected this hypothesis when his memory sifted back within his grips. This was not the land of the death. That was my bad. This was not the land of the dead. It was something infinitely more precarious than anything the grave could offer. Death promised an infinity of peace, not the finite misery of an inactive life of confined torture, forever concealed um, from the life-bearing shafts of the beloved rising sun. It's you interesting haven't read that, okay. the Bible, have you? <laughs> Um, it's interesting to me that he understands that fight is an adjective, but not infinite. <laughs> the orb that had been before taken for granted, yet now cherished above all else. To be forever refused further glimpses of the snow-capped summits of the land of his birth, never again to witness the thrill of plundering unexplored lands beyond the crest of a bleeding horizon. And perhaps, worst of all, the denial to ever again encompass the lustful excitement of caressing the naked curves of the body of a trim yawned winch. <laughs> I was praying for female, like my hands were clasped in prayer. <laughs> this was indeed one of the buried chasms of hell concealed within the inner depths of the palace's despised interior. A fearful ebony chamber devised to drive to the brinks of insanity, the minds of the unfortunately condemned, through the inapt solitude of a limbo of listless, dreary silence. Uh, what? Chapter three and a half. Okay. A tightly wrung elliptical circle or torches cast their wavering shafts prancing morbidly over the smooth surface of a rectangular ridged altar. Uh, Stop using words. <laughs> Expertly chiseled forms of grotesque gargoyles graced the oblique rim protuberating the length of the grim orifice of death, staring forever ahead into nothingness in complete ignorance of the bloody rites enacted in their presence. Brown, flaking stains decorated the golden surface of the ridge surrounding the altar, 
Alter, by the way, is spelled A L T E R. Of course. Which banked to a small slit at the lower right hand corner of the altar, spelled A L T A R. The slit stood above a crudely pounded pail which had several silver meshed chalices hanging at its sides. Dangling at the rim of golden mallet, the handle of which was engraved with images of twisted faces and groved at its far end with slots designed for a snug hand grip. Why would you use a shitty bucket for whatever kind of <laughs> sorceress ritual that these people are performing when you have an ornate golden chalice? The head of the mallet was slightly larger than a clenched fist and shaped into a smooth oval mass. I have no answers for you, Joe. Encircling the marble altar was a congregation of leering shaman. Now, how is how is shaman spelled? S H A M E N. So it is it's shaman. <laughs> leering shaman. Eerie chants of a bygone age, originating unknown eons before the memory of man, were being uttered from the buried recesses of the acolyte's deep lings. What? Oh, lungs. Okay. Lungs. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was just going with it. Sure, what's a, a deep ling? Of course. Like the labyrinth of ling. Orange yeah. paint. It, yeah, I'm sorry. I, that, no, I, I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot that we were recording a podcast for a second. Orange paint was smeared in generous globules over the tops of the priest's wrinkled shaven scalps. White golden rings projected from the lobes of their pink ears. Ornate robes of lushure purple satin enclosed their bulging torsos, attached around their waists with silvered silk lashes, latched with ebony buckles in the shape of morose misshaped skulls. We don't need all this description. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so hard to follow. It is. Editors are really, and just the, if if this podcast has taught me anything, (laughs) just the value of editing. Dangling around their necks were oval-fashioned medallions held by thin gold chains, featuring in their centers blood-red rubies which resembled crimson fetish eyeballs. Cushioning their bare feet were plush red felt slippers with pointed golden spikes projecting from their tips. <laughs> you know, uh, is it is it uh, viable? Because <clears throat> I don't have very much experience in writing or anything, and I don't, I haven't read nearly as much books as you guys. Um, it, like, it, is it viable to insert these little details oh, along yeah. with? action like things that are happening like that's just writing a book (laughs) (laughs) which is not what we're doing here situated in front of the altar and directly adjacent to the copper pail was a massive jade idol a misshaped hideous bust of the shaman's pagan deity the shimmering green idol was placed in a sitting posture on an ornately carved golden throne, raised upon a round, ivory-plated dais, its bulging arms and webbed hands resting on the padded arms of the seat. 
Its head was entwined in a golden, snake-like coils hanging over its oblong ears, which tappered off to thin, hollow points. Tappered. Tappered. Two peas. Thanks. Its nose was a bulging, triangular mass, sunken in at its sides with two gaping nostrils. Importantly, though, is it opaque? Or is this one of those transparent noses? <laughs> Dramatic beneath the nostrils was a twisted, shaggy, lipped mouth, giving the impression of a slavering, sadistic grimace. What are we describing? Is this an idol? Is it a chair? Uh, like, I think I got uh, lost somewhere. It's the misshaped, hideous bust of the shaman's pagan deity. Okay. That was the start of the paragraph. <laughs> I I rooted my like I I okay like the best way I can describe this is like when this author starts describing things, it's like being in like a two hundred mile per hour wind gust, and the the stone that I grabbed onto during that last description to hold myself down to keep myself from flying away in the gust was imagining their deity as this a giant frogman. Yeah. I, I, I think may have just disassociated for a second. I'm not you're sure. probably not far off. I mean, it does have golden snake like coils hanging over its oblong ears though. Um Yeah, but but I'm pretending it's a giant frogman. I think you're probably not far off. It just has hair. And, um Yeah. At the foot of the heathen deity, a slender, pale-faced female, naked but for a golden, jeweled harness enshrouding her huge, outcropping breasts. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell this was written by a 16-year-old? Naked but for a golden, jeweled harness enshrouding her huge, outcropping breasts, supporting long, silver laces which extended to her thigh, stood before... But, I'm going to just start this because uh, I just lost myself there. I don't. <laughs> Is it because you were thinking about the large breasts? <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many she has. At the foot of the heathen deity, a slender, pale faced female, naked but for a golden jeweled harness, enshrouding her huge outcropping breasts, supporting long silver laces which extended to her thigh stood before the pearl-white field with noticeable shivers traveling up and down the length of her exquisitely molded body. Her delicate lips trembled beneath soft, narrow hands as she attempted to conceal herself from the piercing stare of the ambivalent this idol. This is gross. Um. Also, it's an ambivalent idol who is staring piercingly, apparently. The idol could go either way. But it's also just intense about it. <laughs> so whichever one it chooses, it's really yeah. going to choose that. Glaring directly down towards her was the stony, cycloptic face of the bloated deity. Gaping from its single oblinging socket was a scintillating, many-fauceted scarlet emerald. A brilliant gem seeming to possess a life all its oh. own. I'm not a gemologist. Do scarlet emeralds exist, or is that just a different stone? Um, emeralds, in my experience, are green. Okay, just uh, making sure. I didn't want to. That's, that's like that's like the the like the stereotype. I don't. I don't. I, there's a better word for that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 
I I don't uh, I don't know either, and it's possible. I'm not going to say that you know there's no such thing as a red emerald, but I think those are generally referred to as rubies. No, uh, yeah. a, a red emerald is a beryl or beryl. Uh, okay. Uh, is a mineral composed of beryllium, aluminum, blah 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 blah. Uh, well-known varieties of beryl include emerald and aquamarine, but this right. but it is known as red emerald or scarlet emerald or what have you. Okay. Or the chaos emerald from <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> so yeah, he he knew something we didn't. There you yeah. go. A priceless gleaming stone capable of domineering the wealth of conquering empires. The Eye of Argon. Chapter oh, 4. Time it showed up. Bright? Only took three and a half chapters. Yeah. All knowledge of measuring time had escaped Grigner. Beals. When a... <laughs> <laughs> When a person is deprived of the sun, moon, and stars, he looses all conception of time as he had previously understood it. It seemed as if years had passed if time were being measured by terms of misery and mental anguish, yet he estimated that his stay had only been a few days in length. He had slept three times and had been fed five times since his awakening in the crypt. However, when the actions of the body are restricted, its knees are, needs are also affected. I mean, the knees are probably affected as well. Yeah, yeah, after, you know, a while, sure. Yeah. The need for nourishment and slumber are directly proportional to the functions the body has performed, meaning that when free and active, Grigner may become hungry every six hours and witness the desire for sleep every 15 hours. I really hours. thought he was going to go to sex. Whereas, in his present condition, he may encounter the need for food every 10 hours, and the want for rest every what 20 hours. Fuck? This is important, Joe. Joe, you don't understand. What this is, is laying this? some very specific groundwork, okay? You know, uh, you remember before you were talking about the specificity of time? Well, here you go. Apparently, Jim heard you, and he's got your back. <laughs> Oh, my monkey's paw wish came true. <laughs> All methods he had before depended upon were extinct in the dismal pit. Hence, he may have been imprisoned for ten minutes or ten years. It it wasn't either of those. They fed you five times. <laughs> I'm gonna go with like three days, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe a day and a half if they were giving him three squares, but that seems unlikely. Hence, he may have been imprisoned for ten minutes or ten years. He did not know, resulting in a disheartened emotion deep within his being. So I know we're hung up on it, but this guy spent words upon words upon words to go, like, his eating and sleeping cycles and time could be interpreted all these ways. Just to throw that away and go, could have been ten minutes, could have been ten years. <laughs> like just, just start yeah, I think, with I mean, that. Yeah, it's it's clumsy. I think the attempt here is to to show the way that it's you know affecting Grigner and kind of breaking him down. How about sure. how about they had been feeding him regularly, but Grigner had lost count. 
I mean, that could be, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know what's a book that does this very well? Hmm. Have you ever read the Amber series? No. Oh, it's uh, great. It's not. Yeah, you should check them out. They're great. Um, the main character of that gets imprisoned at one point, and there's this whole bit sort of similar about losing the concept of time, and he tries to mark it by how often he is uh, fed and how often he craves a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that, that, which, that's a that's a cool little character thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's good literature. Uh, <laughs> the food, if you can honor the moldering lumps of fetid mush to that extent, was borne to him by two guards who opened a portal at the top of his enclosure and shoved it to him in wooden bowls, retrieving the food and water bowels from his previous meal at the same time. After um, which they threw, yeah, yeah. So he's in an oubliette. Seems like. After which they threw back the bolts on the iron latch and returned to their other duties. Since deprived of all other means of nourishment, Grigner was impelled to eat the tainted slop in order to ward off the pangs of starvation. Although, as he stuffed it into his mouth with his filthy fingers and struggled to force it down his throat, he imagined it was that which had been spurned by the hounds stationed at various segments of the palace. There was little in the barren vault that could occupy his body or mind. He had paced out the length and width of the enclosure time and time again, and tested every granite slab which consisted the walls of the prison, in hopes of finding a hidden passage to freedom, all of which was to no avail other than to keep him busy and distract his mind from wandering to thoughts of what he believed was his future. He had memorized the number of strides from one end to the other of the cell, and knew the exact number of slabs which made up the bleak dungeon. Numerous schemes were introduced and alternately discarded in turn, as they succored to unravel to him no means of escape which stood the slightest chance of success. Man, writer, it sounds really <sighs> boring in there. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's trying to convey to the audience the sensation of solitary confinement by using all of these words. <laughs> Anguish continued to mount as his means of occupation were rapidly exhausted. Same. <laughs> this book is tiring to read, y'all. <sighs> Suddenly, without no tithe. Without notice. Okay, but, it, but it's split into two words. Suddenly, without no tithe. But yes, I assume... Suddenly, without notive, he was routed from his and was routed. W a s r o u t e d altogether. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yeah. So, suddenly, without notice, he was routed from his contemplations as he detected a faint scratching sound at the end of the crypt opposite him. The sound seemed to be caused by something trying to scrape away at the granite blocks the floor of the enclosure consisted of. The sandy scratching of something like an animal's claws. Brigner gradually groped his way to the other end of the vault, carefully feeling his way along with his hands ahead of him. When a few inches from the wall, a loud, penetrating squeal and the scampering of small padded feet reverberated from the walls of the roughly hewn chamber. 
Brigner threw his hands up to shield his face and flung himself backwards upon his buttocks. A fuzzy form bounded to his hairy chest, burying its talons in his flesh while gnashing toward his throat with its grinding white teeth. Oh, God. Sour, fetid breath scorching the squirming barbarian's dilating nostrils. I don't know what's happening. I think a rat is trying to bite him. Grigner grappled with the lashing flexor muscles of the repugnant body of a gargantuan brown-hided rat, striving to hold its razor teeth from his juicy jugular as its beady gray organs of sight glazed into the Real flaring quick, Juicy emeralds. jugular is my new rat name. <laughs> <laughs> as its beady gray organs of sight glazed into the flaring emeralds of its eyes. gray. Right? <laughs> it's fine. I don't think he has yet <laughs> in this entire thing. Like, the only time it's anything's referred to as an eye is the eye of fucking Argon, and that's a rock. <laughs> that's like the one thing that should be glazing and sparkling. Yeah. Also, R-O-U-S's? I think they're a myth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you reminded me of a much better story. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> happier times, happier times. <laughs> Taking hold of the rodent around its lean, growling stomach with both hands, Grigner pried it from his crimson-rent breast, removing small patches of flayed flesh from his chest in the motion between the squalid black claws of the starving beast. <sighs> Holding the rodent at arm's length, he cupped his right hand over its frothing face, constricting his fingers into oh God, a vice-like fist over the quivering head. Retaining his grips on the rat, Grigner flexed his outstretched. Grigner fletched. <laughs> taking a Do drink. Do we want to stop at the end of this chapter? <laughs> it, 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 don't, David. Don't. It, it had to take its toll on you eventually. <laughs> <sighs> this is an, I, I mean, that's the game that that has built up around this book. Is you you read it as an endurance trial. <laughs> I see why. I really want to read this in front of a live studio audience at some point. Yeah. Uh, taking hold of the rodent around its lean, growling stomach with both hands, Grignir pried it from his crimson-rent breast, removing small patches of flayed flesh from his chest in the motion between the squalid black claws of the starving beast. Holding the rodent at arm's length, he cupped his right hand over its frothing face, contracting his fingers into a vice-like fist over the quivering head. Retaining his grips on the rat, Grigner flexed his outstretched arms while slowly twisting his right hand clockwise and his left hand counterclockwise motion. <laughs> the rodent let out a tortured squall, drawing scarlet as it violently dug its foam-flecked bangs into the barbarian's sweating palm, causing his face to contort to an ugly grimace as he cursed beneath his breath. It was, it was like, it was like, um, he heard his English teacher say something about, like, use imagery, you want, you want to paint the picture clearly in your reader's mind, and, and just, just, and then he just be, proceeded to vomit onto paper. <laughs> you know what I genuinely hope? Mm. 
I genuinely hope that Jim Thice grew up and continued writing and has published like multiple fantasy novels under a pseudonym or mm-hmm. a pen, you know, a, an assumed name and sure. has just enjoyed a fantastic career in writing fiction. Yeah, me too. Because they're, it's it's you know obviously he grew up reading Howard and weird fiction and all these other things and and really got into it and this was effectively the you know when you couldn't get on the internet this was fan fiction mm-hmm. and he was probably pretty proud of it and people probably tore him to bits about it and I hope it didn't dim his shine you know I hope yeah. you went on and did things but you couldn't publish under your name <laughs> not after this. No. Not after this. Um, and again, like I, like you guys are much more well versed in the literature department than I am. Like for a sixteen-year-old, like to have to, to like write an entire book, I would still call that good. Like, good job. I mean, just the dedication, the fact it's that he started and didn't yeah. stop. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I, you know, and and this is the flaw of quite a few of maybe the books we've talked about. Not all of them, but a few. If he had had an editor come in and clean this up, it could have been turned into a readable book. Readable, yeah. Readable. Not necessarily good, but readable. Yeah, which is something I will say it is not. (laughs) 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 Having tried... Gamely here for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Over an hour. <sighs> With a loud crack, the rodent's head parted from its squirming torso, sending out a sprinkling shower of crimson gore and trailing a slimy string of disjointed vertebrae, snapped trachea, esophagus, and jugular, it's... disjointed <laughs> hyoid bone, morose, purpled, stretched hide, and blood-seared muscles. You know, I really appreciate, you know, the dedication to describing to paint a picture. However, if your audience doesn't know the things that you're referencing, like anatomical terms, like... <laughs> Like a disjointed hyoid bone? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. <laughs> in the neck. I, I assume so. Also, yeah. I, I like how his his mental image of rats is just they're just like full, just just ready to burst of just just viscera when you pop them open. They just everywhere. I mean, that's not untrue. It's it's true of most any mammal. Um... <laughs> Flinging the broken body to the floor, Grigner shook his head. No, no. Flinging the broken body to the floor, Grigner shook his blood-streaked hands and wiped them against his thigh until dry, then wiped the blood that had showered his face and from his eyes. Again, sitting himself upon the jagged floor, he prepared to once more revamp his glum meditations. He told himself that as long as he still breathed the gust of life through his lungs, Hope was not lost. He told himself this, but found it hard to comprehend in his gloomy surroundings. Yet he was still alive, his bulging sinews at their peak of marvel, his struggling mind floating in a marl of impressed excellence of thought. Fucking what? (laughs) Muddle? 
Yet he was still alive, his bulging sinews at their peak of survival. I, God damn. <laughs> Yet he was still alive, his bulging sinews at their peak of marvel. His struggling mind floating in a myrrhal of impressed excellent of thought. What, 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 what? Myrrhal, M-I-R-A-L. I'm assuming Meyer. Maybe spiral. Maybe he's. Maybe it's a portmanteau. Yeah, a spiraling mire. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Plot after plot sifted through his mind in energetic contemplations. Then it hit him. Minutes may have passed in silent thought, or days. He could not tell. <laughs> but he did. They feed you during that time. There's a hint. Yeah, that's how you know. But he stumbled at last upon a plan that he considered as holding a slight margin of plausibility. He might die in the attempt, but he knew he would not submit without a final bloody struggle. It was not a foolproof plan, yet it built up a store of renewed vortexed energy in his overwrought soul. Though he might perish in the execution of the escape, he would still be escaping the life of infinite torture in store for him. Redundant. Either way, he would still cheat the gloating prince of the suckered revenge his sadistic mind craved so dearly. That's not how that works. I know what you think that word means, but that's not what that means. You're not doing it right. (laughs) The guards would soon come to bear him off to the prince's buried mines of dread. What other kinds of mines are there? Like, uh, mines of joy. <laughs> no, I mean like buried mines. Are there are there oh, mines yeah, yeah. above ground? I don't. I don't think. And that, if that's there how mines are, work. what are they mining? M- maybe like no, no. That's perhaps that's still technically buried. No, no, I was about to say that, but that's still technically buried. Oh, you're right. Yeah, mining by definition. Yeah, it's pulling something out of the ground. It's digging. Yeah, it, yeah. I, mean, I don't think you can have an unburied mine. And if you if if your mine is like. Although I guess you could say that the the act of digging is effectively unburying. So that I I don't know. I hurt <laughs> <laughs> on the inside. We we need to hire someone to to sit right next to David and just like when when he like throws in the towel, like he takes over, so that you know David can go like <laughs> dunk his head and on, on, under water for ten minutes. <laughs> The guards would soon come to bear him off to the prince's buried mines of dread, giving him the sought-after opportunity to execute his newly formulated plan. Groping his way along the rough floor, Grigner finally found his tool in a pool of concealed gore. Don't stick your tool in a pool of concealed (laughs) gore, that's gross. The carcass of the decapitated (laughs) rodents. Wow. The tool that the very filth he had been sentenced to spawned. When the time came for action, he would have to be prepared. So he set himself to rending the sticky hulk in grim silence, searching by the touch of his fingertips for the lever to freedom. So he's about to—he's about to escape from prison, escape uh-huh. from a fucking oubliette yep. with a rat head. <laughs> As you do. I mean, in a good fantasy barbarian action story, like that would be kind of exciting. Like, what are you gonna do with the rat head? Is he gonna 
stab a guard with the mouth. But this, I'm just so bored. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Chapter five starts with up to the altar and be done with it, wench ordered a fidgeting shaman as he gave the female a grim stare, (laughs) accompanied by the wrinkling of his lips to a mirthful grin of delight. Um, We want to pick up there next week. Give the (laughs) audience some more Eye of Argon content. (laughs) Come on, David. You know you secretly like it. This is a fun adventure because it seems like at least when the ep- when the when the books are like this, that one of us breaks by the end of the episode, and and I have the easy job of I I just sit here and make sarcastic remarks. Um, so it, it's really interesting to see like which one of us is gonna have a meltdown by the end of end of the book this time it was me <laughs> last time it was me um, so yeah um, I of Archon <laughs> did it deserve better than becoming the 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 drinking game of of literary nerds I don't know I feel like that's actually like a pretty good place for it. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, being written by uh, <clears throat> a 16-year-old and such, um, the fact that it has any amount of fame and recognition at all is, uh, you know, even if it's this, it, it, even still, you know, like, it's not nothing, you know? That's an interesting idea to explore. Like, is is obscurity better than, than mockery? Hmm. Well, you know, the uh, the idea that uh, as long as they're talking about you, you know, yeah. whether you're famous or infamous, um, you're still remembered and no one is truly gone until no one knows their name, right? So, sure. well, um, also, think about it this way. How many, like, hundreds of thousands of 16-year-olds have written books and we're reading this guy's book? Right. We're not reading my shitty 16-year-old fantasy right. novel. And it did exist. Like, if you I, still I, have I, it, that might be interesting to explore. I don't. I don't. Uh, unfortunately, I did a very stupid thing when I turned 18, and I took all of the writing that I had made up to that point out to the uh, barbecue in the backyard of my parents' house, and I burned it. Sure. Um. Because I figured I was an adult and it was time to let my childish writing go. Don't do that, kids. Don't, yeah. don't do that. You'll regret it for, well, uh, the rest of your life. Um, you can never yeah. unthrow away something. But you can yeah. always throw like something away later. Um, and especially if, you're, if you want to dedicate yourself to being a creative. Uh, being able to look back and, and watch how you've progressed can be really exciting. Yeah, and that's, you know, going, circling back to what I was saying before, I I do, I genuinely hope that this guy is out there somewhere still writing things and just um, publishing Do you them. want me to find out, or do you just want to live with that hope? I want to live with that hope. I okay. might look it up later. Because I think that information's out there. It probably is, and you know, it's also very possible that he's just like, no, I'm not ever going to admit that this was me. Good mm-hmm. God. 
Um, I don't know. I'll, I, I'll look it up at some point. But uh, for right now, I just want to imagine that this thing as frustratingly awful <laughs> and just exhausting to mm-hmm. read as uh, four chapters. Like, this is not maybe a third of the way through it. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm hurting inside, (laughs) but everyone has to start somewhere and maybe you didn't start at 16, but if you're out there listening to this and you want to start now, do it, do it. And and that's an extremely valid point. It's never too late to, uh, to do something creative. Yeah. You know, and you can't be worse than the Eye of Argon. It's true. Um, okay, unless unless somebody else has something to say, I think that's our time. Um, yeah, I, hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> this. Um, if you want to hear the Brainworms D&D cast set in the realm of the Eye of Argon, please let us know. Oh my god. <laughs> I said that sarcastically. I did not expect the level of enthusiasm. I so want to. D- uh, d- David, I, I, wow. I, I'm not. I sense, I sense a new Patreon goal, personally. I was not prepared for that. Wow. <laughs> and and Joe, also, it, it like it wouldn't be hard for you to come up with anything because you know it's just <laughs> like this, you, just just think like a like a horny teenager. <laughs> just just big swords, big big Buster boobs. It's fine. Yep. Oh God, David! I um, I've never really been good at D and D. Like, what, what, what? If if it's just going to be the two of us, what should we do? Um. Well, I think based off of this, we just ripple our muscles and glower <laughs> our scowls. <laughs> no, scowl your glowers. Scowl your right. glowers. Shit. And and somehow manage to simultaneously hug someone and grope them, and apparently somehow sex happens <laughs> right. in this process. Right. <laughs> Man, catching something in this universe must be like real easy. There's a there's a bit, and I want to say Futurama, where where that where that's basically the joke is like the characters hug or something. And did, did we just make love is the punchline. I think that's probably a Zap Brannigan bit. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, but yeah, um, real quick. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, do the things like subscribe, ring the bell, um, sacrifice a wench to our frog god. <laughs> or just sacrifice your nipples to us. That too. Yeah. Um, please. Don't don't send me pictures of your nipples. <laughs> send don't. me pictures of your nipples. Alright, if if you send pictures of nipples, I will forward them to Chris. Um, uh, okay. But 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 do comment, like, subscribe, do all the things. Um we have all the social medias. We have Patreon, we're members supported. So yeah, check in. Let us know how you're doing. And uh we'll we'll catch you guys again soon. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening. Farewell. Any copyrighted content contained within this podcast is used for purposes of review. Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. Editing and post-production by David Combs. Art provided by Kane Magdalene. The theme music is HodgePod Number no. 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon or Ko-Fi, or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app. <laughs>